Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, a Conservative Party national councillor launches a petition to oust Aaron O'Toole. Conservatives feel betrayed. Conservatives feel lied to by Mr. O'Toole in that he first promised uh, that he would uphold and be a true blue Conservative, but he did nothing of the sort in the recent election campaign. Doug Ford says he wants to work with the federal government. We had some great uh, conversations with the federal government, myself, our ministers. Uh, we want to we wanna deal, we want to make sure we have the right deal for Ontario. And uh, even with the discussion with the Prime Minister, you know, there, there's a lot of people in Ontario that supported the Prime Minister. And now it's time for the Prime Minister, he made a lot of promises, to support the people of Ontario. And Jason Kenney faces a caucus revolt. Right now, 100% of my attention, that of my team, and the whole government, has to be focused on a life and death crisis that we are facing to open this up for some big political uh, argument at this moment would I think be grossly irresponsible. It's Thursday, September 23rd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by National Post columnist John Iveson. Good morning, John. Morning, Mark. So for the first time in the history of the Conservative Party, uh, a member of uh, the National Council has launched an online petition to remove the leader of the party, Aaron O'Toole, after the election. Um, how much how much trouble do you think Aaron O'Toole is in? Can he hang on to his leadership? Good question, Mark. I mean, it's, it's impossible to say at the moment. I mean, there is broad, wide and broad discontent with the way things went. You know, I mean, I... I Talk to people like Chuck Stroll, who are a former cabinet minister, who feels that the platform and the campaign were not conservative enough. Um, you know whether people like that want to see O'Toole gone, or whether they think he can reform the the platform um, is another matter. I mean, O'Toole has said he's going to take a look at everything that happened, and uh, you know the Conservative Party generally does a, a review post. Post-elections, particularly ones they've lost, um, you know, they are undertaking a, a huge 10,000-person exit poll to find out what went wrong. Um, but you know, to me, the party had an issue; it had to change because Canada changed, which is what uh, is how O'Toole identified it. The things it needed to change. You know, the brand is somewhat toxic when it comes to things like climate, and it takes more than a five-week campaign to change those things. I think he's got a good case to make that they won seats in places like Atlantic Canada because they reached out to blue-collar Canadians in the form of uh, EI policies and Canada Workers' Benefit and other things. Uh, I think that they they had to um, address the fact that the Liberal Party was going to spend a ton of money and they couldn't therefore go into a campaign saying, well, we're not going to spend anything and we're going to balance the books in a year or two. I, just, I think that, that uh, the lesson from 2015, which is essentially what they, the same message, that, uh, that they, weren't, they were just going to hold the line on spending, that wasn't what Canadians wanted. And it was very hard to compete with a very uh, generous Liberal Party platform. So, you know, in all these areas... To me, O'Toole is moving in the right direction. And I think, you know, again, he won the popular vote, despite the fact that prior to the election, he was 
10 points behind and, and dismissed as an awful run before the, the election started. You know, I don't... Uh, I think it was a, a, a an unusual move, put it this way, for Waleed Solomon, the, the party, uh, the, the campaign chair, to come out before the polls had even shut and say that uh, holding true to a minority would be a good result. But I don't think it's a bad result. I mean, I think... Conservatives have got to look at the Liberal Party and think, well, they're not in great shape either. You know, does, does Justin Trudeau think he can go through another election and, and win his majority back uh, at the, uh, you know, what, was, what would be the fourth time of asking, or the third time as, as as leader? You know, they've got their own their own uh, problems, and I think if the Conservatives hold the line and hold their nerve and continue down the path that they're on, that they'll probably get a better result next time. So it's interesting because I, I raised this question uh, on CPAC yesterday, on Have Your Say, and and somebody uh, who was a conservative voter called in and said it's not so much an issue of ideology, uh, that he acknowledged that, that Canada has become more progressive, that millennials are more progressive, the voters of the future are going to expect more progressive policies on climate change, on LGBTQ rights, on women's rights, all of those things. Um, it's it's more an issue of how all of that is framed and the message that you hear from a conservative leader that you can still be proud to be conservative, that you're not apologizing for being conservative. Um, and and this caller thought that, that O'Toole was effectively sheepish about about conservatism, um, and that that fueled, in part, the rise of the People's Party. Is, is, do you think that some of that rings true? Well, look, I carry no water for O'Toole, but I don't think that's true. I mean, I stood in front of him um, enough times to hear him talk about, uh, uh, you know, being proud of being Canadian and, and how the flags had to be uh, returned to full mast and, and various other things. You know, it, it, I think his big problem was he ran on a true blue banner as, under the leadership and then shifted for the for the federal election, right? And left people with a with a feeling that he could he would say anything to get elected, which is what Trudeau accused him of. You know, there were some holdover policies from the leadership, which if you're going to change, you've got to change fully. He had a gun policy, which which exposed him to accusations that. Of uh, you know hypocrisy, he essentially played semantics with the electorate by saying, "Well, those those weapons that we're talking about are not assault weapons; they're not fully automatic." You know, I don't think people appreciated that being being conned essentially in that case. I thought you know the speech that he gave, his concession speech, was pretty clear about where he wants to take this party, and I think that's the real error or tool that made that speech not the, not the the true blue. Rock ribbed conservative he pretend, pretended to be in uh, in the in the leadership, just you know, purely expediency to beat to beat Peter McKay. So he's got problems for sure, but uh, and, but but I think mainly the problems are that how do you expand the conservative vote in places that you know at one point they had the ethnic vote. There were a lot of Sikh voters. There were a lot of other ethnic communities that tend to vote the same way, and. The Conservatives had that vote and have lost it, and they've got to regain that vote. I mean, you, you can't give up 18 seats in Brampton and Mississauga from the outset without uh, really challenging for it, especially if you're not winning any of the 25 seats in Toronto. You're not winning any of the 
15 seats in Vancouver or any of the 18 seats on the island of Montreal. You know, that's a huge gift to the Liberal Party if you're not competitive in those areas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to go the other way, and, you know, well, we've got to go back to our roots and we've got to take on the PPC. You know, the pure mathematics of it is if, if you take a vote off the Liberal Party, you're, you know, you're two up. If you take one off the PPC, the Liberal Party's at the same level. Right. So if you take votes from the PPC, so, you know, the mathematics of it mean that they have to take on the Liberal Party. And you don't do that by returning to the the right of the uh, of the spectrum and not being competitive in, in those ethnic communities and not being competitive in the suburbs where they need to be. Yeah. So how much do you think Alberta was a factor for Aaron O'Toole? And, and there's a lot going on there, obviously. Jason Kenney is like Aaron O'Toole, facing questions about the future of his leadership. Uh, and uh, there there are people even within his own party who are, are making moves that are threatening Jason Kenney, and, and people are wondering if he can survive as leader. Um, do you think that had an impact on the federal campaign? I do, in that um, on the Sunday evening before, not the Sunday before the election, but the week before that, he was in Oakville. Uh, Justin Trudeau was in Oakville, and Trudeau stood up and said, if you want an end to the pandemic, vote Liberal. And to me, it sounded preposterous at the time. And, and I asked him the question the next morning, um, you know, do you think these other parties, you know, either don't want the pandemic to end or, or will be, would be unable to end it? it? It just sounded so outlandishly chauvinistic on Trudeau's point, from Trudeau's point of view. But then the next day, the chief medical officer of Alberta started saying she regretted what had been done in the summer by opening up Alberta. And then the next day, uh, Kenny has to give a mea culpa. And it opens the way for Trudeau to say, do you really want Erno O'Toole sitting across from Jason Kenny running pandemic policy? You know, conservative policies don't work. It, it kind of validated that statement. And so to that extent, I think people, you know, probably did look at uh, O'Toole a little bit uh Scans as far as what he might do in in terms of um, in terms of the pandemic, because he had more or less said, you know, this is provincial jurisdiction; we will not intrude on it. You know, at the same time, he could have turned it around on Justin Trudeau and said, "Well, you were presiding over this mess that's erupted in Alberta, and you did nothing about it. Why didn't you do your job?" They didn't. They didn't make that accusation, but I think they probably should have done. You know, if you're so great, how come how come the situation got so bad? But yeah, I think they, it allowed, it validated something that Trudeau was already saying. Yeah. All right, John, uh, we've been talking a lot about the future of Aaron O'Toole. What about um, where we go from here? What else in the aftermath of the federal election will you be watching for in the in the next few days? Well, I think we're going to have a little, uh, you know, a, a good long break because uh, everybody's exhausted. You know, a total vanity election which yielded us the same parliament, but... but uh, you know there are consequences to what happened, and it was a, a you know a pretty divisive, grueling campaign. I do think that uh, that Justin Trudeau helped foment some of that division by politicising vac- uh, mandatory vaccines, and you know essentially painting anybody who didn't doesn't have one as as deplorable, which obviously fired up the, the PPC vote and it fired up a lot of the protests. And uh, you know I think he has to take a good hard look in the mirror and say, well, how how can I repair some of those divisions? How can I reach out to people who disagree with me? And it's not something that he's particularly adept at. You know, his vision is the right way, and anybody who's not buying into that vision is on the wrong path. And 
I think that it's that's too stark a, a view to take in in, uh, in the current climate. You know, I do think that, that Trudeau is going to have some issues issues of his own. I think you know clearly the Liberal brand was what won this election, and not just in Trudeau's leadership. And there may be people within the party who say, right, you know, you've got a period of time here to build a legacy, and then it's time to go. I think Jagmeet Singh will survive. I mean, he, he, he increased his seat count, didn't lose any incumbents. But clearly, the platform he's running on is not appealing to Canadi- enough Canadians. I mean, he's a phenomenal campaigner. You know, I was, I, I was on all three campaigns. I think I was probably the only journalist that was on all three campaigns. And Singh is a phenomenal campaigner. He's, he's the man, but he's got the wrong plan. You know, this, this constant class warfare, uh, we've got to squeeze the billionaires. I mean, there are 47 billionaires. And you try and squeeze them, and suddenly their assets are going to be anywhere but Canada. And I just don't buy the idea that they're going to raise $60 billion to pay for their $200 billion platform by uh, through a wealth tax. So I think that they've got to go back to the drawing board and start appealing to the, the blue-collar workers that the Conservatives reached out to, and that they have, the NDP have seemingly abandoned in favour of constant identity politics. So I think the NDP needs to do a... a have a rethink about uh, where it's coming from. And, yeah, I mean, the People's Party, Maxime Bernier was a was a loser too because he didn't win his seat, but uh, their their vote increased 177%. You know, there is clearly a market for that. Whether there's a market for the post-pandemic is another matter. I mean, the pandemic, I'm sure, was a contributor to their to their uh, vote count. But, um, but uh, that remains a problem for all the other parties because it's... Um, you know, while there's a consensus pretty much among on the way to do politics among the rest of them, this party is beyond the consensus. Yeah. All right. Interesting. We'll see where things go from here. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's John Iveson of the National Post. Conservatives feel betrayed. Conservatives feel lied to by Mr. O'Toole. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about. At TVO.org, David Mosscrop argues the Conservatives would be wise to keep Aaron O'Toole at the helm. Mosscrop writes, O'Toole has promised a review of what went wrong during the election. He may be more likely to hold on than Andrew Scheer in 2019, despite the fact that he failed to make gains in Ontario. But he's in for a rumble. The Conservatives would be wise to keep him and aim for a two-election strategy that counts in part on the collapse of the Liberals as essential to their path to power. Canada has a long history of growing tired of the Liberals after a decade or so of governance and replacing them with the Conservatives. In Maclean's, Stephen Marr argues, Canada has shifted to the left. Marr writes, A number of things are more clear now that the election is done. Elections allow us to get a better read of what the public wants. And this result makes it clear that Canadians want more of the same. Most people appear to have voted the way they voted last time. What is noteworthy, though, is that what the parties are offering this time is more left-wing. This might be the most left-wing government in Canada's history, which may explain why the NDP, with its popular leader, failed to grow its vote. In the Toronto Star, Bob Hepburn argues identity politics play a dangerous role in Canadian elections. Hepburn writes... We are increasingly a nation where those on the political left and right consider politicians of opposite stripes and their supporters to be enemies. Growing numbers of voters are driven by sheer hatred toward other parties. 
Adding to this toxic mix is the rise of the new People's Party of Canada. Although it failed to win a seat, the PPC signals a nasty new twist to the politics of the angry, anti-government, anti-establishment voter. The result is an increasingly divided electorate that could ultimately threaten our democratic traditions. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, September 23rd. Tune into CPAC and CPAC.ca for continuing coverage of the aftermath of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say today and tomorrow at 12 Eastern Time on CPAC. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.